Good morning, listeners, and welcome. Uh, you know what? We'll leave it in. It's the afternoon. <laughs> there it is. I said good loose morning. Form, loose form pod starting off the right way. Exactly. Well, I mean, okay, let me finish the intro, and then I'll I'll explain myself, how I messed up in the first two seconds of the podcast. <laughs> Uh, welcome back to the Under the Scope podcast where we discuss music. I'm your host, Will Brost, calling as, as always, my good friend, Patrick Anderson. How are you doing today? Awesome. Okay, good. <laughs> well, before the pod, you mentioned you were making some pre-pod coffee. And so, yeah. in my mind, I guess, like, subconsciously, I must have been thinking, oh, it's the morning if Patrick's making himself <laughs> some coffee. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, it makes sense until I realized I actually thought about grabbing a beer right before the pod, uh, which is not a morning drink for me. Uh, at yeah. Least. Well, yeah. Well, uh, not yet. It's it's a Wednesday. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> to, to, to each yeah, their no, own. On I'm, that. I'm just making a slightly irresponsible decision by drinking coffee at three in the afternoon, but you know i got the post-lunch crash so oh there you go yeah see i can't i can't do that um so <laughs> we mentioned this might go off the rails because we have a, a bit of a looser show today it's already gone off the rails we're 90 seconds into the podcast uh and um already thrown my notes out the window uh so, Good job to us. yeah well done <laughs> <laughs> We're pros at this. A new record. A hundred episodes in, and you know what? We're we're just we're just it's as so prone insane, to mistakes as anyone else. So we're right back in uh, top ten, fifteen songs That's territory. <laughs> we're right back where we started. <laughs> That's a throwback. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. See, but what what makes us great is we don't edit out our mistakes, uh, even yeah. when they're right at the beginning, and we could easily just stop and press re-record we let it ride we let it ride indeed uh we keep it transparent here so what are we actually here to talk about um i don't remember yeah that's well i do <laughs> thankfully i remember so uh we're talking about a, a topic that weirdly in our 100 plus episodes i don't think we've spent much time talking about which is all things yeah. con concerts, live shows. Uh, what is it about live shows that we like? What are some of our favorites? What annoys us about live shows? How do you see the future of live shows? Just all these different topics about concerts, live performances. What is a live show? Oh, now we're now we're getting into <laughs> the weeds. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How is a live show? Is it ever really a live show, given that our brain processes light and sound there we go. quickly, but not at the exact same time as yes, it's being presented? Right. <laughs> so it's always a slight delay yeah. compared and to what, the actual performance. What is live in the first place? What do we mean by, do you have to be alive to experience a live concert? <laughs> Jeez. Tupac, <laughs> Tupac hologram. Um, what is music? Right. While we're at that, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, what is anything? You know, I was once told, I think in high school, that music is organized sound and silence. 
Yes. I yeah. total I totally refute that now. I like I just thought about that and I'm like, you yeah. know what? I don't actually buy that. No. Um, it, the the organization part of it I would refute. Right. The sound and silence part makes sense. Yes, yeah, it doesn't have to be organized. Uh No. Yeah. Whatever it means to be organized in the first place. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, there we go. So maybe it does work. <laughs> just well, expand your... All right, anyway. It's, it's just so weird that, like, we both go to concerts somewhat frequently. Mm-hmm. We've both, or at least I've gone to, like, several different Bonnaroo festivals in my lifetime. Yeah. Um, you go to, I think, more concerts these days than I do. I'm jealous of that. Um that said i still try to make a few each year um so yeah where did you want to start with all this well um i guess i mean just talking about the what you're saying like why we haven't talked about it i guess like because that is actually an interesting question why we haven't yeah i think it's honestly well part of it is because um recently like the past few years have been the times when i've been really seeing concerts like regularly um so but yeah like only recently have i started really kind of like thinking about this as like an expansion on my music listening habits basically Mm -hmm. like i feel like when we were younger concerts kind of felt more like experiences like even outside of music like music just so happens to be happening at these things but it's like the same spectacle as going to like a basketball game so nowadays i'm like kind of like um this kind of leans into like kind of broader thoughts that i have on on this like that we can touch into but i feel like that's part of it like i've only recently started thinking about it as something to like actually talk about and like digest so yeah, um, I'm curious what recent concerts you've been to, at least, though. Yeah, and uh, just to touch on what you said real quick, uh, the, like, experience aspect of it. Um, yeah. And you compared it to, like, a, a sports game. I Something I kind of thought about as I was thinking about how I kind of relate to concerts is, um, you know, we spend a lot of time on this, most of the time on this pod, we're talking about our experience listening to studio albums in you know the privacy of our homes or offices or you know what have you um and based on what we do on the pod where we like share our thoughts and feelings about the music we listen to um for lack of a better word we get a little analytical with it right like we're Mm -hmm. we're breaking it down in uh we're describing the music we're really trying to get in there into the weeds and and really unpack how we feel about the music we're listening to but when i'm at a concert i uh i don't really think about it at all i it's like you were saying it's just more of a an experience maybe a social one um i Mm -hmm. and i'm never really analyzing the concert that's not really how i'm listening to it similarly to like a sports game where you know i'll maybe i'll listen to a lot of sports analysis or watch sports analysis on tv or or what have you but when i'm at the game i'm not really thinking about 
any of that stuff. Um, yeah. So it's I, a totally different experience. Yeah. Like it's harder to talk about, I think, too, in that way, because it's like I've only recently feel like I've been able to like kind of talk about like how I actually felt about the concert in concerts that I've been to in specifics, like recently, because before it was just oh, it was awesome, it was awesome, it was awesome, right? <laughs> like, which is, that's a great feeling to have, but that's pretty much all that it would boil down to to me for a long time. So, I, I mean, I guess this is kind of like uh, the one of the topics I was, like, curious about with this, because I was at, at, like, a recent concert that I was at, I was just, like, afterwards thinking about how that feeling of like experiencing somebody doing their music right in front of you um and having people around that are also fans and they don't necessarily have to be fans but that are also like experiencing the same exact moment is like it's so outside of normal music music listening habits that it has totally it, it totally like expands um my feelings on like the music that i'm listening to and i don't know why like that seems like such an obvious statement to make but it really hit me or uh, has hit me i guess like this year specifically going to a few more shows um and that's like yeah i'm curious if you feel kind of similar similarly like when you walk away from a concert do your feelings change like about something that you like a like a piece of music or an artist or a band that you like just previously would be listening to on your own yeah that's a great great question it, it actually reminds me of a concert i went to last year um i saw uh, girl talk uh with my friend and oh um, yeah yeah it's such a uh the the experience of being at a girl talk concert is so night and day compared to hey i'm going to listen to this girl talk mashup album on my phone or whatever um yeah it's just so completely different and the concert changed my opinion on just the idea of girl talk i guess you know what i mean like i i yeah generally find mashup music to be i don't know novelty gimmicky mm -hmm. but when i'm there at the concert fair enough i'd say yeah right yeah and and no harm no foul I, obviously yeah. i went to the girl talk concert because i like even just the studio stuff to an extent but live it's just I have a whole new attachment to the music because it it's that's really where I don't like I guess that what they're they're going for on their records translates better in a live setting when they're playing it as loud as they can everyone there is a fan and is there to have fun and they're all there to party at this girl yeah. talk show, you all have that one thing in common. Like you're all here because you want to party while listening to girl talk music and throw beach balls around and whatever else you do at the girl talk show. And it was such a fun time 
that afterward it, it I kind of felt silly for all the times I may have criticized any of the studio work. It, it was almost like it awakened me that mm -hmm. like I was just missing the point entirely. Um, so yeah, I, I, that was maybe kind of like a, a ranting answer, but there are examples that, of yeah, just yeah. yeah how how the experience in a live setting just can completely change how you view a piece of work. That is, that, no, that's awesome because I had a similar experience um, at, a, at a festival that I was in at um, Outside Lands mm. like a couple years ago where we were waiting for the strokes to get on and um, Glass Animals was playing before them. Oh. And like we reviewed that Glass Animals album, and <laughs> if you remember. <laughs> I trashed it. I trashed yeah, it. Yeah, I trashed it too. It was garbage. Uh -huh. Like, I thought it was just the most boilerplate, lame, try to be cool shit. It was like such garbage. Mm -hmm. We went and, like, uh, saw Glass Animals performing before, mostly as a, we got to get good spots um, before the Strokes concert. And it ended up being, like, an absolute blast because the way that the like amount of energy and charisma that they had um like with and like the passion that they put into their songs and then the crowd itself i guess the festival environment probably has something to do with it too worked so perfectly that it was like i still don't like enjoy that album really but like there's certain songs that are still stuck in my head because of that like that moment so like that's a that's an example i wasn't even planning on talking about that but when you said the girl talk thing it it reminded me of uh of that moment where that's kind of the magic of it i think um where it, you just totally kind of step out of this analytical mm. mindset or whatever this listener mindset uh, you kind of have to, you're kind of required to, you can't be, you know, mashed in a room with like a bunch of people or outside of a massive venue and be like, hmm, hmm what's going on here? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I guess you could, like there's certain shows where you could, you can sit up in the balconies and do that and that's fun. But even then, like it's such a different experience because the moment is like really happening and it's like, it's not, it's totally out of your control, basically. So I think that that was something that, that that's a good point with like, even artists that I haven't really cared for still kind of killing it live when I've seen them. Yeah, I think, um, I, I think on that Glass Animals pod, I think I remember saying something like, yeah, this could be fun at like a festival or something. <laughs> it was. And I said it so like yeah. dismissively. <laughs> right as as well, if you like on to something i guess yeah and, and but it's just like i said that in such a way that it's like oh well if it's only good at a festival it must really suck but like that was probably yeah. unfair of me to say that like there's yeah honestly nothing wrong with being festival music or whatever um yeah now, now when we when we talk about albums on the pod we're usually talking about the studio Not, experience yeah. Um, yeah, that's the thing. I'm I'm not ninety nine percent of the time. I'm in the mindset of like 
what does this mean to me right now? Like, and I'm not, you know, at a concert all the time. So <laughs> most of the music I listen to is on my own. So this is having that, those kind of moments is just a pleasant surprise. Absolutely. It will, something that's kind of, uh, maybe a little bit related to this like studio versus concert experience we're talking about um, yeah is th- the live album um, what are your thoughts on oh. do you have thought do you listen to live albums uh, I'll say <laughs> I'll say this uh-huh. uh, I the only live album that I I've listened to live recordings of like concerts and stuff before, just out of curiosity. Like if I'm like getting into older artists or something like that, like uh, watching like a performance of them. That's more of what I'll do. Like we'll go on YouTube and watch performances. But I don't usually listen to live albums. But I have listened to a Coldplay live album many times from the tour that I went and saw them on. Oh, okay. Okay, that's, uh, that's kind of a different, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's why I led into this, because uh, primarily because it's like a thing of like, wow, how awesome was that concert, like in my brain, because it's a huge memory for me. Right, it's unlocking, uh, it's, it's like nostalgia almost for not only your Coldplay fandom, but specifically the time when you saw Coldplay live. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because it's basically the same concert. So that's the only real value I get out of listening to live albums, just because, honestly, like listening to live albums most of the time just gives me FOMO. I'm like, Uh I, (laughs) I really feel like damn this sounds awesome wish i could have been there like yeah no that's exactly why i wanted to bring it up because we we keep talking about the concert as an experience and that's like the selling point at least for us and uh you know the live album is just everything about the concert except for the experience you know like yeah so i don't know i i usually don't listen to live albums now every now and then you get something like Nirvana Unplugged or whatever, where right. the live album is a different recording uh, and it's generally accepted as some of their best work. And so I will go out of my way to listen to something like that. But yeah, generally speaking, I, I, just, I just keep scrolling if I see that a, an artist dropped a live album. Even if it's, think, like, my favorite artist, you know, I'll just probably pass on it. Because um, I'm not there. I have the same FOMO fear that you do. I think that's really what it is. I have no issue with... I think live albums are great. Um, but mostly, yeah, for the reason that I was saying of, like, it, just being able to kind of relive concerts, that's really the only purpose I kind of see. Because, like watching like uh, concert movies i think make more sense because you get to watch the performers you get to see everything yes and that's so much of the experience uh and live album to me is it's fine but it doesn't make much sense because it kind of 
goes into the one other point I was going to make about like the seeing someone live means you are like you're sacrificing a lot of sound quality. Like, yes, even though it's right there, like you, the feeling is what you're going for with that. That's that's like well, you can only capture that in a live setting. The sonics are so loud that you can feel them. That's really and that's really the only place. But yeah, the sound quality generally sucks in a lot of live concerts, even, you know, big, you know, money backed concerts. The 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 audio generally sucks. So. It doesn't make sense to me that why you would prefer to listen to a live recording versus a regular recording if you have no emotional attachment with it. I don't know. I mm-hmm. you know preferences are are there. I'm sure that somebody could make a case for you know. Well, I don't know. Just hearing the performance in a different way is meaningful, but that's my two cents on it. No, I I agree. Well. I agree to an extent. I think the reason you think that audio quality sucks at concerts is because you're you're going to Coldplay concerts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. I, I, Dang. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, had to had to hit him with the zinger. Yeah. Um. But to your yeah. point, didn't lead off. I didn't lead off with the uh, most recent concert being a Have a Nice Life no. or <laughs> my son concert. I would go straight into Coldplay. Amazing stuff. <laughs> well, well, and I, to- I totally agree with you because I was thinking about what are my some of my all-time favorite concerts or mm-hmm. even like what are my favorite concerts I've been to recently. And with the exception of when I saw Radiohead, ra- they're an exception to what I'm about to say. Yeah. It, it, I liked these concerts kind of despite how the audio sounded. You know, Radiohead, I don't know what they did. Their sound mixing and mastering was just so pristine that it was actually a bonus. Um, But generally speaking, yeah, like the the audio is, in my experience, typically worse at the live show. But also I've been to enough shows now that I like, I know to expect that. And so it's not really as much of an issue as maybe it used to. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I mean, I think that that's kind of just an accepted thing at this point. And, you know, th- I'm sure that there's like audiophile reasons why certain live shows are actually technically better. Mm-hmm. But the, the, it's just not what I'm usually going for. The spectacle is, is usually part of it. Um, and that's usually what makes up for it. I mean, like, yeah, like, I mean, Sun is a great example of, like, the, recently I went and saw them, and I'm trying to make, make up my credibility right here now mm-hmm. yeah, by right, mentioning yeah. the Sun concert. I've seen <laughs> Sun, everybody. Sun. Sun, <laughs> hey, you know, uh, they're kind of tough to get into, huh? <laughs> <laughs> they, they were, God, they were a good example of, like, the sound quality both being like i don't know if it was good but like the <laughs> volume the sheer volume of it being the reason that you go out to these live shows like that that being that compensating for any sort of like misfires in the audio quality because you know famously they're just 
like they'll vibrate you and they really did they just like shook me totally like to my core with their with the sound um and that was kind of a, a clicking moment of like oh shit yeah this is this is part of it this is like such a unique experience that you can't get unless you have like you know 30 foot tower speakers in your dungeon or something like that <laughs> but <laughs> um that was it that was just really cool like uh, but yeah there hasn't been a lot of like i mean the beach house concert that i most recently went to was mm. another one where yeah surprising the like really awesome sound but um most of the time it's that i'm trying to get that like feeling in the chest kind of moment and then also just watch the whole spectacle play out yeah well and and with beach house especially i feel like it's the aesthetic and the yeah the vibe mm-hmm. so did you see beach house and sun the same day like kind of like a barbenheimer type of uh that would have been great yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i no, that would that would have been a perfect uh mismatch on the vibes <laughs> in in a way that would enhance it um yeah exactly so yeah i i really like uh your recap of the sun show because um I guess when I think of, oh, what are the differences between a live show and just listening to the album at home? Um, honey, we've got the album at home. Uh, uh, <laughs> when I think of the differences, I'm typically thinking of, okay, how do, how do they sound different? How is their performance different? But I really like uh... your anecdote of, well, you get a feeling, like literally a visceral physical uh-huh. feeling at a sun show that absolutely cannot be replicated elsewhere. So I really like that idea. I've never really been to a show like that. I've been yeah. I've been toward the front for some loud rock concerts and um you know maybe when I see Jeff Rosenstock next month I can have a a similar kind of takeaway. Um I mean I think Sun is such an extreme example of of that but it was kind of a thing of like i think it happens at all these shows and you don't even realize it a lot of time it's just kind of like happening very subtly to you and that's part of the like excitement the the that concert was such an extreme example that it was like yeah that that's the what popped into my head in order to get comfortable with the sound basically (laughs) right well and i assume you wore earplugs of some sort no, I let it. Right. No, I'm just kidding. Because yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, I could not be doing this podcast if I. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because earplugs are always recommended, but Sun and uh, maybe someone like Godspeed, it you're yeah. told in advance, like you better bring your earplugs for these shows. They had them. They had them outside, like right in the ticket booth out front, like a huge sign <laughs> that was like, "Please wear earplugs." Yeah. No. Seriously. Yeah. They didn't. Yeah. They didn't have that at the St. Vincent show I caught last year or whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, like Beach House, I I was outdoors too. Like, I didn't need earplugs for that one or anything. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, uh, I wanted to ask you about, uh, you know, we've been kind of talking about sharing the experience with others, whether it's with people you know or don't know. Uh, yeah. I often go to concerts alone, to be completely honest with you, and mm-hmm. I find a lot of enjoyment in that. Um, I don't like bumming other people out. It's like, hey, do you want to come to this 
concert of some guy you've never heard of and like i don't want people to like feel guilty to turn that down you know what i mean so i usually right. just assume hey I, i'll parquet courts is in town my friends up here really aren't into parquet courts i'll just go to the parquet courts concert and maybe i'll meet someone at the show that's happened a couple times and that's really cool but th this the whole the whole idea before i went off on this tangent was uh concerts are a shared experience typically um and so there are you need to be wary maybe of your own behavior at the concert mm -hmm. the behavior of other concert goers can also impact how the concert experience is for you this isn't just here i am and here is the performer there's a whole lot of people there and sometimes the audience can enhance the show and sometimes the audience can hinder the show and yeah and so i i, I what are some do you have any particularly good memories or bad memories of the crowd at any shows you've been to yeah um bad memories um i would say uh, uh i'd say the national concert that i went to a few years ago <laughs> was a rough one really? for, for multiple reasons and the crowd was part of that for sure yeah what what, what Just, is, yeah what about the crowd uh and they weren't like bad in any way that was like you know being disrespectful or anything like that it was more of just um like really i mean i think this could have partially been the performance too um but like just very unengaged mm. very like too cool for this even though they're at the show kind of thing um which yeah that sucked because it's like a ripple effect too and there is kind of a responsibility in certain sections of the crowd that you have to be i this is what i feel at least mm -hmm. that you you take on a responsibility to be in more engaged or than the other right like if you're further back yes. you don't it's not as it's not as uh, big of a deal you don't have to you can kind of observe and chill and do whatever but if you're up towards the front you're taking on a little bit of a responsibility to really get engaged and you know just make a vibe and that was just not happening at all it was just such a like exercise in like how cool can i be uh, that really sucked at, at a so, national show people were too cool right exactly. <laughs> well and, and that's the kind of thing that could affect and that part of the reason i asked this was that can actually affect the performance because there's yes, this yeah. symbiotic relationship between performer and audience where the 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 crowd is feeding off of the performance but the performers are also feeding off of the crowd in return and so i agree that they're actually at least i go into a concert and i want to be someone who is not to an obnoxious or an annoying degree but someone who is participating in the concert, uh -huh. you know? Um, in some way, yeah. Yeah. Like, like you're there. Sing, like, singing to the chorus, dancing in, in, you know, in a respectful way that's like keeping personal boundaries and all that, mm -hmm. right? I'm not trying to take up everybody's room. 
Um, right. And if, if they want you to do some chanting or crowd work or whatever, you, you know, I play along. Uh, I think that's all part of it. I think that the crowd is a part of the experience. And so, yeah, I try to be responsible. I don't think people should be forced to do it if they're uncomfortable. You know, If they just want to stand there and maybe bob their head a little bit, you know, that's fine too. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I like to try to make it fun when I go. Yeah, that this is an interesting kind of right. topic to go on to because yeah, there is almost that, like you said, that symbiotic relationship of like the crowd does dictate some aspect of the performers and then vice versa a lot because unless you've got like the worst crowd ever and then just the musicians are like total pros, and that doesn't happen that often. So there there is going to be some emotional reaction i I mean i i guess another negative example that i would that i have too if i can list another one oh please is at that uh concert the strokes concert that i mentioned before or uh that we were at the glass animals before and then leading into it this is kind of a in san francisco now kind of an infamous moment actually oh um because like Julian kind of came out in the at the beginning, like right away, kind of just threw shade at San Francisco for <laughs> like just like whatever stuff. Uh-huh. Um, and just was kind of acting a little bit like just yeah, like just too cool for San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And the crowd immediately fed off of it. And you saw the concert just start, like, nosediving. Like, he was just, like, playing off of that negativity, and the crowd was, like, not getting happy. And they weren't, like, booed off stage or anything, but people were definitely, like, pissed and talking and, like, just, like, it was, like, kind of one of those ripple effect moments of, or, like, back-and-forth ripple effects um, that was, like, pretty shocking, see yeah that that is that is wild that's uh because you know as much as i'm saying that it's uh maybe a little bit on the concert goer to make it a fun time it's also on the performer to make it a fun time you know for everybody i would say it's probably mostly on the performer Mm -hmm. to like 85 percent of it is probably on the performer actually Depending on this is maybe a sliding scale. <laughs> okay. Depending on your level of like success and notoriety, maybe mm. there's a sliding scale for your responsibility to make it, you know, a uh, make sure that everybody's like with you, basically. Like you're you're there for everyone, because um, if you're just starting out, I don't know. Anyway, people are there to see you. It's there's a right. there's a they pay money. Of, exactly, there's a lesson of, of gratitude there. Um, so kind of acting like a dick right away usually is not going to go in your favor. So it's like an easy thing to avoid, unless you're Kanye, where like at you know the concert that I went and saw him at, <laughs> yeah. he went on like three or four different rants and oh like. My God. At that point, I was such a Kanye fan that it just made the concert even better because I was like, yeah, like that's what you expect. Wait, you, you were so, such a big Kanye fan back then. Is there any reason why you might not be as big of a fan now? 
<laughs> so I I saw Kanye at Bonnaroo 2014, and wow, it was yeah. like uh, around Yeezus. I get I don't think it was technically the Yeezus tour, but he was wearing the mask and everything. Um, right. Yeah. And it, the that was his second time ever at Bonnaroo. The first time was so infamously terrible. Yeah, I've heard that, about that. That like, time, yeah, yeah, like every year at Bonnaroo, they you know people would graffiti fuck Kanye just every single year, but they finally brought him back in 2014. I was there for it, and people still like it, he came back and like yeah he was Kanye. He did the rants and uh, <laughs> the, the performances were like mostly good, I would say, but sometimes really weird and also not mm-hmm. good and people were booing him and i don't know if he's been to bonnaroo <laughs> since but kanye's kind of in his own uh he's like an outlier i think on everything yeah. we're going to be talking about today <laughs> yeah for for many different reasons yeah <laughs> well in, in terms of like the show that i saw too because i i went and saw him on his pablo tour Oh, I went saw him like three months before the shit went down. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Was that, yeah, uh, it was. Is that the tour with like the ceiling, or the uh, the raised platform like the stage? Yeah, yeah. Like the floating stage. Oh, yeah, that's sick. That's actually cool. I th- yeah, so I, that that could be part of it too, because like I think that seeing him on his own outside of a festival environment that might be where he thrives a little bit more when he has more control. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, but yeah, the environment was so just all about Kanye in that moment that it made the spectacle incredible. Um, But it was also like, yeah, anything he did at that moment felt like an artistic choice Mm -hmm. because it was so (laughs) serious and like focused on him at all points. Yeah. that might be why it doesn't fly in a festival setting because there's like 10 other concerts happening at some at any given moment yeah well that's a good point too because like the festivals i've been to there are so many concerts i went to at festivals where it was i didn't go because i was a fan but i went because i was waiting for a show and i needed to or i wanted to see somebody whereas it in your experience seeing kanye I mean, unless they were there on, like, a date or something, they were there because they were a big fan of Kanye and paid probably a lot yeah. of money to see him. And so that's just a different vibe. Even within a live setting, there's there's multitudes, depending on is it a festival or is it their tour? Or is yeah. it a big venue? Is it a small venue? You know, There's so many different... Venue makes, yeah, venue even makes a difference for sure. Yeah, it's so crazy. Like, uh, all these small things that can change your experience of the. That's why I think it's also so special, too, because um, I think after having the National was probably the first time I went to a concert, and then a couple days later was like, you know what, that was not good. I mm-hmm. did not enjoy that. And it was for a band that I had already decidedly, you know, been a fan of for a while. Um, and that's a weird thing to happen. Yeah, like, it is. <laughs> they're playing, they're playing like my favorite songs from them in that, in that concert. You know, I'm like 
trying to get engaged with them and it's just not happening it was like but that was like an important moment too of like realizing how different of a thing this is like because it's not like i can throw on you know blood buzz ohio at any point um on my on my iphone and like listen to it have a great time because it sounds perfect each time right yeah each time it sounds that's kind of why why i like uh discussing studio albums with you is because yeah we're both listening to the same thing you know uh we'll have different perceptions or perspectives actually both both yeah different perceptions and different perspectives um but we are listening to the same piece of work but you never get the same concert twice really yeah for all these reasons the crowd the venue whether or not the artist just is having a good or bad day you know seeing the national in san francisco on x date is to some degree a different experience than seeing them in los angeles on a different date at a different venue you know what i mean yeah that's kind of what makes that a lot of fun too yeah it that it is something that i've been kind of realizing too is like there's certain venues that i'm now liking to go to because i'm like just the feeling in here just makes things um a little bit better and that's a weird thing like that it just i've never had that like until recently like yeah it, it i think it's really cool though I, I was just talking uh to my friend last night actually about uh the jeff rosenstock concert i'm going to and he said oh uh that sounds good i hear it's at that venue though and you know i i haven't really heard good things about that venue so i might not go to that you know that's kind of like a a thing to consider yeah yeah just sort of odd um yeah i that's honestly not something i would have like even thought about like a few years ago but now if somebody said that to me i still probably wouldn't let it you know scare me away mm-hmm. but i would be interested to see and hear what they're talking about because it's like yeah that does make a difference it, yeah i like, totally get you know. what he said yeah i agree uh to the extent that i've i can't recall a time where i wanted to go see a musician and i decided not to go because of the venue right like, i don't think yeah. i've ever experienced that but i could understand why someone may feel that way um, yeah, and their experience. Um, while we're kind of on the topic of crowds and mm-hmm. fan behavior, I kind of wanted to talk about what a lot of people are talking about this year. Um, this sort of twenty twenty three specific fans behaving at concerts. Um, there were various incidents. I think even like two days ago, there was this, like someone threw a water bottle at Cardi B or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of news stories like that this year where, uh, someone, uh, gave pink some, like their relatives ashes at her show. Um, Jesus. Yeah. There were people reading books during opening acts yeah there are people bringing percussion instruments to play along rolling stone magazine wrote an article on it and so i read it and you're like will are you reading articles in 2023 
I, I wanted <laughs> from to. From Rolling Stone. From Rolling Stone. I wanted to, but I clicked on the article and they gave like a little blurb and then it was just a link to a podcast. So that's what oh, an article great. is in 2023. <laughs> yeah. So I listened to the podcast, which I think they talk about for 10 minutes or something. It was like the back half of an uh, Olivia Rodrigo review or something like that. Um, and so anyway, I listened to the pod. And so I, I just had a lot of a lot of thoughts and we can talk about any of them that you care about or if you know there's just so many thoughts I have where it's like is this a social media thing? Is it a Gen yeah. Z thing? Have crowds always sucked? Why is this happening at boy genius shows? Stan mm-hmm. stan culture, I'm the main character syndrome. What are your well, thoughts your, on like any of this stuff? Well, my thoughts are that it sucks. Yes. I think that that kind of behavior has probably been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but just it shows up in different ways probably. Um like I, I can't think of specific examples, but I'm sure that like there were, you know, people at shows throwing shit on stage in like the seventies and eighties, and mm-hmm. you know, doing all sorts of antics to try to get attention. But like that kind of shit sucks, like because like the the antics very much seem associated with like TikTok culture and like yeah just doing things for viral reasons. Um, and like, I think that, yeah, the main character energy, like you said, is like always annoying, but there's some extra like annoyingness with it because it's like the repercussions these days feel like, cause it feels like, Oh, well everybody's doing it. Cause everybody mm-hmm. is doing, there's so many people that are doing that kind of stuff now. So the repercussions are way less. Um. Yeah, it sucks. It's like, why do you? What do you need to prove right now? I don't like that. I think it takes it. Uh, yeah, I, I'm. I'm just not a fan. <laughs> I'm curious what like your feelings are though, since you brought it up. Yeah. No. It. And I. I mostly agree with you. I just find this so fascinating because, um, well, for for many reasons. One, the Rolling Stone article or. The Rolling Stone link to their podcast was titled "Why Has Everyone Forgotten How to Behave at Concerts," which <laughs> immediately ring to me as Boomer Magazine. Yeah, that does not help anything. Yeah, doing this like <laughs> just doing this like oh well, surely it must definitely be worse now, right? I'm always skeptical when people say, like, why does this new generation suck at this? And I'm like, the first question I like to ask myself anytime is, like, is it actually worse now? And I don't think it's worse behavior, Mm -hmm. but I think there's... I could see uh, if somebody said more people are acting badly at concerts than before... I would, I would like not question that because it seems like, you know, more people are being encouraged to, so more people are. Um, but I would, I would say that the behavior is probably like the same. It's the same amount of disrespect. Yeah, and to the credit of Rolling Stone, just to give them, just to be a little fair, uh, that podcast did feature some people express similar opinions, where it's like, you know, crowds haven't always been awesome, and now they just suck. 
But yeah. I think even for me, uh, it's just now you can film yourself doing uh-huh. it and actually gain something. You, you actually have followers or attention to gain yeah. based on how, you, you know, I don't know. It, the, again, it kind of goes back to this TikTok and it goes back to me being an old man complaining about TikTok, I guess. But there, there, there are incentives to be the disruptive yeah. person at the concert, whereas I don't know if that's always been true. I think that might yeah. be the difference. Yeah, if there that's, is one. that's absolutely true. Yeah, that's that's what I think I was meaning. Where like it seems like more people are encouraged to because you can actually make some entertaining content out of being a total jackass at a show. Yes, like. It's possible to, you know, be sitting at home, come across a video that, like, you find entertaining that somebody was, you know, a jackass at a show for. Yeah, that that's a that's a good point. Like, but it's still the same behavior as, like, before. I would still say, like, it's, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, but, I- yeah, yeah. The, the technology side, the, the like infinite amount of possibilities for who can see your content that does make it a little bit more like sinister i guess yeah no i i pretty much agree with that um on the on this sort of you know we're talking about social media a little bit we're talking about tech you know us a couple big tech bros that's uh that's kind of like the brand (laughs) that's who we are that's that's the brand we like to you know, we're we're finance guys. Um, I have no fucking idea. Um, we went from tech pros to finance guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who are we? <laughs> Has anyone ever used the term finance guy? Like, or, yeah. <laughs> Nobody that's still like in that crew. <laughs> yeah, actually, I gained cred, I think, by calling myself ironically a finance guy uh, just because yeah, no one has ever used that term unironically or ironically. Anyway, this this does kind of bring questions about where concerts may be headed. Yeah, the future of live performances. Good segue. Yeah, yeah. These things of, um, you know, just an example that is. I mean, well, a couple examples come to mind, but more generally, obviously, as well. Um, but you know, something like a Tupac hologram at Coachella yep. or Travis Scott doing a concert on Fortnite, right? Yeah. Or yeah. the idea of like a VR concert or the idea of just meet getting together online to all watch the same live performance. So, you know, there's a lot of different examples. There's a lot of different general cases to think about compared to the traditional concert experience which has variety in itself but things are evolving how do you feel about some of those evolutions and where things may or may not be going i i want to say like i want to like predictably Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i think that there's going to be a lot more there's obviously going to be a lot more like of that virtual uh, stuff coming into 
the live music thing, whether it's the holograms. I mean, ABBA, I think, is literally on tour right now as holograms of their younger selves. <laughs> um, and I've, like, it, there's, there's, like, things about... It, the, the Travis Scott concert comes to mind, too, of, like, people engaging in a virtual space to watch something um making it like it can be the biggest spectacle possible and then also it's totally safe anybody in the world can go to it um like the the, the positive sides of that are are there mm-hmm. um i mean you can do some pretty like experimental shit with that kind of environment mm-hmm. too so it opens up a whole lane of creativity i think yeah yeah and i and then I, I see virtual reality becoming a lot more prominent with live shows um this freaking las vegas sphere thing has been fascinating me for a while wait what's that about? um it's crazy, dude. You too. Do you know about this? You too kicking off this thing. Maybe there, I may have I, scrolled past this. Maybe I'll touch on. I'll touch on this for just like a minute yeah. or two because I could go on this for a while because I'm like both amazed and like horrified at this. Okay. Okay. I, I love it. I love it's, it. It's uh, it's this massive. It's called the sphere. Okay. And there's this thing. It's a huge like. Three billion dollar structure in Las Vegas. I think that they do one in London too. And the entire it's built like a sphere, obviously. And the entire thing is like floor to ceiling, just incredibly crisp and uh, clear LED panels. Oh wow! And then it's all like high, high definition sound, so that like anywhere you sit in the venue, you have perfect sound and perfect visuals of like what's happening around you and it like kind of does away with the thing that we were talking about earlier where the sound is not necessarily what you go to a live show for because they're Mm -hmm. playing in like you know football stadiums or baseball stadiums or whatever um or you know old venues that kind of environment does away with it and like yeah (laughs) it's like it's kind of incredible in in a lot of ways and then also like holy shit like this just the way it sanitizes things is Mm. kind of scary too it it makes it so inaccessible um and it's also insane there's a lot of things about it too with like the infrastructure in vegas and things like that too but that's a whole other discussion too for um (laughs) like the ethics of live music and the you know this spectacle and stuff like that yeah that's always a tension even like not just in live music but uh the idea of do you want it to sound more authentic if that includes imperfection or do you want it to sound more quote-unquote perfect but at the expense of maybe losing out on some of that relatability and personality And, well, that's um, what I was going to yeah. say. Like that ties into this VR, AR, mm. uh, Fortnite type of thing, where like the spectacle can be mind blowing. I would say, yeah. yeah. Like I think that that's like definitely something that 
honestly does excite me about where this stuff seems to be heading with live music but yeah that it's i mean i this could be a byproduct of getting older too um and seeing the way things used to be kind of starting to fall back into obscurity but yeah it's just it so over sanitizes things and makes them so like insanely perfect and inaccessible that to me that's like almost like it's just kind of like why like why Mm. is this necessary um besides it being such an amazing spectacle and stuff so but i'm sure on the positive side with that i'm optimistic that there will be artists um that are able to take that spectacle and put some real heart and soul into it and come out with you know concerts and shows that are even more mind-blowing but you know we'll see so yeah i think it's uh you know obviously some concerns some ethical concerns just some concerns i always have anytime anything is overly reliant on advancement in tech but Mm -hmm. there are it, it is possible for this idea to be pretty great and mind-blowing in some cases. Now, I, I do think there are going to be, as with any sort of revolutionary idea, a lot of people who try to do this and it just sucks. Yeah. Um, but, you know, maybe maybe there will be some great concert experiences down the road that are considered revolutionary for the industry and um so i'm i'm definitely yeah i i'm curious to see what happens with that um do you feel positive about it mostly or do you mostly feel negative about that you know i always like to think i feel more positively but if i'm i i i think about the negatives quickly you know i will say that yeah so uh, they, they, it's mostly yeah. also too. I think. Sorry, I, I cut you no, off no, there. you're good. I, I didn't. That, that was pretty much all I had to say. Yeah, my negatives, like I think, are I I think that I have valid reasons to be like concerned, especially like with like um, VR concerts, like the F- Travis Scott Fortnite concert. To me, like is a big thing that comes to mind. Of like, I do see why this is a thing like it's the access the accessibility and the spectacle of it and like again you can have perfect audio quality and visuals and have the best view and like everything is just perfect Mm -hmm. that sounds incredible like I, i could see why but the there's so much being taken away because of that like with the social aspect it's totally changed you're not actually around people in this reality (laughs) you know um and yeah like 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 i said just the the live the real feeling is just totally taken out of the equation and that bothers me on such a like deep level that i can't shake it yeah it's it's it all kind of relates to you know what we've been saying for the past hour in the sense that at least for us, part of the concert experience is the experience of being mm-hmm. there. And um, it's never 
quite the same. It, it's there's a difference between telling someone you love them and texting someone that you love them. You know, it there's always just that some there's something I feel like intangibly that is missed out on. Um, yeah. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's all bad, but I will say what I would think would be cool, I guess, mm -hmm. um, in this, like, is seeing, like, to be honest, the hologram aspect of things, I think, is weird when you start resurrecting people from the dead. Yeah. I think that's kind of fucked up. Seems exploitative, among other things, you know? Uh, yeah, I think it. Uh, that's a whole ethical, like, quandary. Yeah, like, like, I don't think... Right, right. For a lot of reasons. Yeah, like, yeah. the dead can't sign off on agreeing to do that. Um, it's freaking weird. It's like, so yeah, weird. It, it's, it's not cool. I think that it, it, right. it should be totally done away with. But... I referenced the ABBA thing. Right, that's different. I think, I think it's kind of hilarious, like yeah. uh, that they're doing this because they are still all alive. It's kind of <laughs> sad, but yeah, it's <laughs> it's a little sad. But it is also there's something about it too that I'm like, well, pe people are you know being willing participants into this. Mm -hmm. um, you can see them in like you know perfect form. I guess I think. I think the like happy medium here would be artists bringing hologram type technology like ar type technology onto stages with them mm. to enhance their live performances in meaningful ways like copying other people's likenesses and you know all this stuff is like really weird territory that i would generally want people to stay away from but I don't know. Let's say like you could create like I don't, know, I don't know. Like let's say you could create an environment where it's like everything's like washed out and like black and white, and it like mm. you know looks that way on the inside. Um, that would be fucking awesome, right? Or right. like if there's screens that can sort of. 3d project like images abstract images or whatever like out onto the stage or something like that like that kind of stuff that's cool that's cool spectacle stuff um and i think that like that kind of stuff is there and i think that it's going to be present but it is also like usually insanely expensive and inaccessible to like people that you know don't have money and then they just get told what to do by other people that have money so <laughs> it's like tech tech and music is such a weird thing like no that's and and once we kind of wrap this up i did want to briefly yeah. touch on like what you just mentioned with finances but um you know finance guys yeah <laughs> yeah that's us <laughs> um uh music is a creative medium and these artists are created varying degrees of creative, right? And so right. ABBA doing the hologram thing is honestly, it, I think is kind of cool. It's novel. It's the music equivalent of Pacino in the Irishman, I guess. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. But if too many people start doing it, now it's, 
no longer interesting. Yeah, now it's now it's uh, you got to push that creative boundary, and um, you know, I, I I'm more curious. I would say, you know, it's like, how does Will feel? Is he positive or negative? I'm more curious. I would say than than anything. Um, so. Yeah, I I think that that's just the nature of how technology seems to move. It was just like, especially like right now, it just dictates so much of the social status mm-hmm. in all sorts of things. And I don't know, it's, you know, it's such a complicated thing. So, um, but yeah, like the, that, that whole thing, my general issue with it is like the inaccessibility once things become normalized with tech. Um, my whole issue with it mostly is lack of accessibility for real creatives. Yeah. Um, and then those creatives getting ignored for their craft. 